following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Are you feeling filled? Are we, are we getting filled up? We are in a time, as you know, where we are pressing in to perpetual Pentecost. We're examining what it means to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We're posturing ourselves for that. And um, it's just been a sweet time. I'm prayerful, and we have been praying about this at Thursday morning prayer as well, that you are getting filled not just on Sunday mornings, that you are able to use this time during the week to press into waiting on the Lord and um, receiving fresh filling of the Holy Spirit on the daily because we can't eat once a week and, and be very active or feel very well. And so I hope that you are giving space I encourage you to give space to be filled throughout your weeks as well. Um, As we've talked about this, we've talked about it from several different aspects. We've kind of laid out who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a who, not a what. And that he is the promise of the Father. That there is this, um, this term that means that the actions of any of the Godhead can't really be separated from the rest of the Godhead. So as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are more and more convinced of the love of the Father. We're more and more connected to the nature and the power of Jesus and what he did on the cross, the love of Jesus. And so when we talk about being filled, we know that we're not just getting the Holy Spirit, we're getting the whole package. We're getting a a fresh revelation of our sonship we're getting a fresh, fresh revelation of our righteousness in Christ. And um, so it's good. It's good for us to press into that. The thing that we talked about, uh, this is kind of part two to a message that I gave about, uh, not last week, but the week before. And I talked about how <clears throat> the Spirit, the, the coming of the Holy Spirit was not just for individual believers, but it actually was the birth of the church. It began the formation of the church. It actually awakened or, or breathed life into this thing that Jesus said he was going to build, and that is the church. And so what I'm talking about today is kind of the continuation of that, that there is a filling of the Spirit that affects the life of the church, There's a filling of the Spirit that affects the life of a person. Pastor Bob talked about that some last week, that these men and women, but mostly men are spoken about, these men in the Word that were um, not full of faith, not particularly humble, not particularly powerful or confident or bold, when they became filled with the Spirit, the life of the Spirit produced something in them that, that kind of recreated who they were. They began to walk in a boldness. They began to walk in a humility. They began to walk in the way that Jesus had been trying to teach them how to walk. 
And they were trying to model that from the outside in. But when the Holy Spirit came, that, that ability to walk in the way of Jesus was awakened in them. It came into them like breath, life into them. And so he talks some about the effect of that on a person. I'm talking about the effect on the filling of the Holy Spirit on a, on a body, on the body of Christ, on a group of believers, however you want to segment it. It's all one big family. And, and yet we have our kind of nuclear families, right, that we choose to live with and do life with. And so we talked about that we know that it's important for us, one of our core values is that we are pursuing the presence of God, that the, there has to be evidence of the Spirit's work in this body, that that's what we're watching for. And to some degree, then what we're watching for is how filled are we? It's not how many different programs do we have, how many different things do we offer, but the, the activity is all about what is the activity of the Spirit doing here? And so we talked about that there's four different things that we're kind of looking at that the life of the Holy Spirit does in a body. And one is encounter, one is belonging, one is equipping, and one is sending. And this is not an exhaustive list. It just depends on how you define things. But these are the things that as, as a leader here and as leaders here, we're saying, are these things happening? Because that's evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit in this place, in us as believers and in us as believers. And so we talked about that. One of the things we also talked about, maybe, it was in my notes, I'm not sure if I got to it, was that you can't really separate the Spirit and the church. They have a joint mission there, there's no real separation between the spirit and the church. Without the body, the spirit has not a lot of ways to be active and to demonstrate and to, to, to reach and to touch, like in the way that Kathleen talked about where the spirit worked through her to speak and to draw this friend of hers. And so without, without the body... The spirit is, you know, not embodied. But without the spirit, the church is lifeless. The church is doing, is, is we're dead. And so there's this kind of inseparable nature of the spirit and the bride. There's this inseparable nature. And they have the same mission right towards the end, like two verses before the end of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. There is this, this joint mission that the spirit and the bride are on together to usher in the coming of Jesus, to be ready for the coming of Jesus. And there's this inseparable nature of the spirit and the bride. What that means to us is that if we just love the things of the Spirit, we just love the Holy Spirit, I just love a good rowdy prayer and worship meeting, I love when the Spirit's moving and people are laughing and crying, and I just love the Spirit. But we don't love the church. 
we have a problem. And the same is true if we go, yeah, I love the church. I love to go to church. I love to read my Bible, and I love to worship, and I love to. But we, we're a little concerned if the Holy Spirit's going to show up. We have a problem because they're inseparable, and they need one another to carry out the shared mission of Jesus and the heart of the Father. So the Spirit and the bride are inseparable, The same power, I think Pastor Bob touched on this, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, but also the same power that raised Christ from the dead breathed into the bride of Christ and is the life of the bride of Christ. I love the challenge that Pastor Bob gave us last week, kind of asking, when was the last time you were born again again? When was the last time you were renewed again? You were, the life of the Spirit was blown into you again. How many of you only breathe once a week? I know the answer. (laughs) So it's this continual breathing in the life of the Spirit for us as individuals and for us as a body that we're, we're allowing him to breathe new life into us. So here are ways that the life of the Holy Spirit shows up in the church. We talked about encounter. We talked about how the work of the Holy Spirit is what allows us to encounter God in tangible ways, to, ex- to experience him, to see him, to hear him in a, in a different way. When Jesus was walking with the disciples, it probably took a little convincing because he's saying, I'm no longer going to physically be with you. But I'm telling you, it's better that I go because the Holy Spirit's going to come. It is better than physically being with Jesus. How is that possible? But that is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the encounter we have with Holy Spirit, which doesn't have to look a particular way, by the way, but it is, it is better than, it is at least as good as, but Jesus actually said better than, it was to walk alongside him. I don't know. I mean, I do know, because I choose to know, because that's what it says. That's what he said. But we need to be convinced of that. We need to be convinced of that, that that is how effective the Holy Spirit in our life is. That it is better than if Jesus was preaching to you every Sunday. Because the Holy Spirit speaking to you every day. The Holy Spirit is reminding you of the words of Jesus. Doesn't even matter what I say, because the Holy Spirit's going to, drop things into your spirit and remind you in the midst of this. I can't tell you how many times people have told me, wow, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me during the service today. And just when I'm about ready to go, well, they go, it had nothing to do with your word, but I just wanted you to know the Holy Spirit was there. Oh, well, okay. 
So it's the work of the Holy Spirit that brings us near. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that helps us to know. Jesus made it possible for us to actually be near the Father, to be in the presence of God. He made it possible for us to boldly come. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that lets us know when we're near him. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that draws us into that. So the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to encounter God. We talked about different ways that we as a church, why do we do the things we do on a Sunday morning? So that you can encounter why do we worship? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Why do we preach the word? Because there is an encounter on the word of God. Do you know that every time you read scripture, you are, what's available to you is an encounter through the Holy Spirit. Before I open up the word to, to do my reading or to, to press into something in scripture, I say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and breathe off these pages. Because he wrote it. It's his, it's his the word and the spirit are together. And I don't want to just poke around looking for some like, oh, that feels good. I could write that on a greeting card or whatever. I don't want to do that. I want to encounter God through his word. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps me do that. So before you open your, your Bible, ask Holy Spirit, would you come and read this with me? Would you come and show me? Would you come open this up on the inside of me? Make it bigger than just the words on this page. Make it a revelation to me. We encounter Holy Spirit through prayer. In Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. How many of you can relate to, I don't know how to pray? How many of you can relate to, I have prayed all the prayers I know to pray about this thing? Even sometimes there's a, an audible like, ugh. Do you know when that happens? Or maybe a deep sigh like, Ugh. When that happens, when I feel that, ugh, or that, ugh, that is a, that's a sign to me to invite the Holy Spirit to pray on my behalf, to pray through me, because that that there's something going on that's just too deep for words. There is a groaning that's happening that I just don't. And usually what I do is I go try to find some solution then. I go try to, maybe I go ask someone for prayer again. Maybe I go, well, maybe there's some scripture, maybe. But how about if we ask the Holy Spirit, teach me to pray in this. And better yet, pray through me without words even, maybe with deep sighs or groans. <laughs> it's not so bad, like if you're alone in your car, nobody knows. But that's a way that we encounter God is through prayer. 
I think the other thing I want us to recognize about encountering the Holy Spirit is that we can think about encountering the Holy Spirit in really normal ways. Because sometimes we think about encountering the Holy Spirit and we think like, oh, it's going to be like a whole thing. It's going to be a whole like show. For some of you, it's always going to be a show. I don't know what to say. It's just how you're wired. Your trigger just gets tripped. And... But it doesn't always have to be a whole show. We are encountering Holy Spirit sometimes in our thoughts. Like, like I might feel a thought, like, I should go, I should go, um, I should go let Tom and Heather know how much I appreciate the way that they lead their family and just what a blessing that is. And it's not like, God says. It's just a thought. It's probably not my thought. I mean, I do think that. But it's probably not my thought. That can be an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I just act on that and I go, I just want to let you know. I just feel like the Lord wants you to know. And it was just a thought that we think is our own thought. So there's that, that is a way that we encounter God. Sometimes we do encounter him with our emotions. Some of you need to be okay with not always encountering God through your emotions. Some of you need to be okay with encountering him in your thoughts. Some people will be less scared of you. <laughs> if, if you just share the thought without the frills. But some of you need to be comfortable encountering Holy Spirit with your emotions. Some of you are allergic to emotions. You are in the wrong religion. God is a God of emotion. And so some of you need to say, I'm willing to encounter you in my emotions. If you want to, you can start in private. He is so good to us that way. He is so good. If, 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 he, if you want to give him space, just go before him. Some of you feel like he can't reach you in, in your emotions. <laughs> give him space for that. Let him encounter you in that place. Let him move you beyond just your thoughts and to your emotions. This is all review. <laughs> So my encouragement to you is to give him time and space for encounter. That's what we've been doing on Sunday mornings. That's what we've been doing individually, many of us, is just giving him some time and space to encounter us. My dad had a book. I think I might have read it. I think he gave it to me to read when I was a teenager. It was titled, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Anybody know that book? Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And it kind of took the like, out of the Holy Spirit and just helped us know that we can connect with him as our helper that walks alongside of us outside of these kind of big moments at the altar. He's here. We know that. But he's also there as you're walking throughout your day. He's also there as you're cooking and cleaning and parenting and working and making that sale and in traffic and having an argument. And 
He's there to be your helper. And there's something about that that just stuck with me. I'm sure something about the book I remember, but I do remember that, where, where that is frequently how I wake up. I want to acknowledge his presence and set my awareness on his presence. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm going to need you today. So I encourage you to give him time and space to encounter God through the Holy Spirit. Um, We talked last week about belonging, so I don't want to talk much more about it, but I'm going to because I can't help myself. Um, We talked about that it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to know we belong to the Father, that we are no longer orphans. The other part of belonging is recognizing our lives are not our own. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that reminds me my life is not my own. That it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. And he's talking about that in the context of of immorality and, and, and serving God with our bodies because your life is not your own. And so there's this sense of belonging to him that helps me in how I walk. It helps me in making decisions because we invite him into those decisions because our lives are not our own. So that's a sense of belonging. We belong to the family of God. In 1 Peter 2.10, it says, once you were not a people, now you are a people. You belong you belong to a family. We have the same father. We talked about the fact that we, we need to know that we know that we know that we are a child of God, that we have a father, and then we need to know that we're not an only child. Oh. Right? That means we, we, have, we belong to a larger family. We belong to one another. We belong to a larger family than this. There's a bigger family. And we joked about the fact that they're all going to be at the reunion. (laughs) And so there's something that the Holy Spirit does to, to knit us together in that family and to bring about the unity that is necessary. So it goes from talking about how, don't you know that you, person, individual, are not, uh, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to talk in 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves, you all, are a temple of the Holy Spirit? That we are being built together and we don't really have choices about where our stone gets set in. We don't get to just lay out there in the rock pile and not be part of the temple. And that can look different. It doesn't have to look like this. We know lots of people that do unconventional church. What is unconventional church? Look at at the many different ways that church happened from the early church on. But we do need to be set in with Christ as the cornerstone. We don't just get to roll around as a stone. Because we need you to help contain and be a temple for the Holy Spirit. The church needs to be able to be filled. We need all the body parts. 
So there's this sense of belonging that we talked about. Another thing that we know that we know that the Spirit does is equipping. So we, we really have, from the beginning, been an equipping church. We know that our job is not to create a group of five or six leaders that do all the stuff. Our job is to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. To equip the body to carry the Holy Spirit and the things that the Holy Spirit gives them to carry and to be about the Father's business. And so we've always been a church that is focused on equipping. We've had people that come from other churches to get equipped in the things of the Spirit. We love that. You can come and get equipped here without belonging here because you belong to the bigger family. And so the Holy Spirit's the one who equips us. He equips us with his word, first of all. It talks about his word being the sword of the spirit. We have a weapon that we can use. His word is part of that equipping. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that helps us wield that weapon in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that reminds us of a scripture verse when we're under attack. There's a whole, we'll do a whole nother sermon on that another time. But so he equips us with his word. He equips us to walk in the way of Jesus. It's interesting to me that Jesus is talking about love one another. They'll know you by your love. Father, make them one. Love one another. And then all interspersed in there is him talking about sending the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for us to love the way that Jesus commanded without the Holy Spirit. Isn't it awesome to know that you don't have to create all the love? You just have to receive it and let that flow through you. That's a place where I can go to the Holy Spirit. Am I, am I feeling equipped with love? There is no part of me that believes that I can be intentional about being filled with the Spirit and walk away being unloving. It's just impossible to me. And so if I'm unloving and I'm having trouble loving, I know I need the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled again because there's just too much of me going on right now. Too much of me. Ask my husband. It's not awesome. (laughs) I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding. But it's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Faithfulness. Thank you. It's the the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He equips us to bear fruit. He cultivates that in our lives so that we can have that fruit in our lives. That's part of the equipping of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14.1, earnestly pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. We should eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit because it's really the equipping that he wants to give us. We should eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to go into what all those are. Maybe that's another sermon. But here's what I want us to look at. Earnestly pursue. That word, it's one word in Greek, translated different ways. Some just say pursue. But it means chase aggressively. 
like a hunter pursuing a catch, ensue or follow. Earnestly pursue love. Chase it like a hunter. Stalk it. Look for it. Run after it aggressively. And then it says, eagerly desire the gifts. That word is the word we get zeal from. Zelos. And it means become jealous for, burn with zeal. It's actually, all you grammar people are going to love this. I did. It's actually an onomatopoeia. Do you know what an onomatopoeia is? Okay. Homeschoolers know. An onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like the sound of something. It's like describing the sound of the thing. And so it's an onomatopoeia for water boiling over. And it's, it's what we translate to zeal. It says to eagerly desire the gifts. Have a zeal for the gifts of the Spirit. Like, oh, I lost it. Come on. It's here somewhere. It's like a pot boiling over. But I want to read it so I know that I'm actually reading it. There it is. Okay, so it's, for, it's an onomatopoeia for the sound of a, bu- a boiling pot or a bubbling pot boiling over because it's so hot. We should have a zeal for the gifts of the Spirit. We shouldn't just tolerate the gifts of the Spirit. We shouldn't just think like, eh, I mean, if they show up, that's cool. We should have a zeal for the gifts of the Spirit. We should run to catch love, and we should have a zeal for the gifts of the Spirit. Another way of putting it is to set your heart on. It is okay to desire the gifts of the Spirit. But we need to recognize what they're for. (laughs) And that brings me to, I think I'm good? Yes. That brings me to the next sign of life of the Spirit, and that is sending. That as a church... We know the main thing we do next to encounter, which helps us feel a sense of belonging and equips us, is send. The work of the Holy Spirit is meant to go outward. The the Holy Spirit coming to that upper room was meant for them to spill out of the upper room and then out into beyond that place, out into Jerusalem, and then out beyond that, and then out beyond that. And so we want to know this is the Holy Spirit that sends us. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you will receive power, and then you will be my witnesses. This is right after he ignored the question about, so is it now that you're going to establish your kingdom? And he said, yeah, that's not for us to know right now, but you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. You will be sent out as witnesses to me. I heard a a quote recently, and it was, the trajectory of renewal meetings is always outward. The trajectory of true revival 
is always outward. That's why I'm suspicious when I see a revival going on that has no outward flow, where it's all just a big rowdy party. Because when the Holy Spirit is really present, there is an outward trajectory. There is a a sending out with the things of the Spirit. I think sometimes we can be so focused on collecting things inward and having bigger, bigger meetings, bigger this, bigger that. Now, what is true is that when the Holy Spirit, the life of the Holy Spirit is in the body, there is more impact. It may not just be all contained in this space. It may not be able to to just all be brought together. It may be that that impact is wide. There's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To that one we are an aroma of death leading to death and to the other an aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling or selling the word of God. But as of sincerity, but as of from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. In all that, what I want you to hear is, We are a fragrance diffused. The word diffused there means something. It means to spread or cause to spread over a wide area among a large number of people. To make known a thing that was not known to manifest. And this is what I want to land on five minutes ago. What I want to land on is we are meant, we sometimes complicate what it means to be sent with the Holy Spirit. We complicate it. We say it looks like a particular thing. We say it looks like standing up at a checkout line and grabbing the mic and saying, God wants to heal you, come to aisle 10. Like, We think it looks like something. Now, hear me. I want to see those things. I want to see those extravagant acts of boldness and impact of the Holy Spirit. But there is something we need to recognize. It's way simpler. It's way simpler. It's just all about how we smell. It's all about how you smell. Because he says, you are diffusing the fragrance of Christ. And so there's, there's a place where we want to smell like Christ. The world is going to be reached when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we take it outward, and we just reek <laughs> of the Holy Spirit, of the fruit of the Spirit, of the power of the Spirit. Maybe reek was the wrong word. Sometimes we are reeking, that's the problem. Like, what are we even smelling like right now? This is how the readers of Paul's letter would have understood it, this thing that says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. We were just singing about this today. 
who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. This is how, this was in Corinthians. So these are people, these are Romans that he's speaking to. And they would have understood it like this. What he's talking about as it relates to triumph was this cultural practice of when Rome would conquer a place, they would bring the conquered soldiers and parade them through the city. They, and everybody would line the street to be this big parade to celebrate the defeat of this other place. And they would have flowers and, and garlands, and so there's this floral smell. And then they would burn incense all along the street. They would burn incense. And so there was a, a scent of victory. There was a smell. This is why Paul says, who, who leads us into triumph. He's, he's talking to them about this practice. And he says, it's Christ that leads us into triumph. And there's a fragrance of his victory. That is the smell that is on you. There is a fragrance of his victory on your life. There is a fragrance of his victory in the testimony that you tell. There is a fragrance of his victory on you when you go through a hard time and people go, how are they coming out smelling like that? Instead of like this. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. You are meant to go around smelling of his victory in your life. And it comes from, here's the thing, you can't, you can't smell like what you're around, not around. You can't take on the scent of what you're not close to. That's why we need to continually be filled with the Spirit, because that becomes the prevailing smell on my life. If, if I am doing a bunch of other stuff, and I'm, I'm spending time looking at this and looking at that and caring about this and working on this and whatever, that's what I'm going to smell like. There, it's interesting because, they, I mean, Paul probably wouldn't have known this, but scientifically, smell is the strongest sense for memory and emotions. It's smell. And so there's this, this, it brings us to a place where we remember or our emotions are moved because of this fragrance. My grandma, her house, we love the smell of her house. It's just this weird thing. Like she would send us something. She used to make us quilts and then she made us pillowcases and she'd send them to us for our birthday. And we'd open up the package and we'd go, <sighs> it smells like her house. Or all of our stuff, when we'd go visit her, she lives up north, we'd go visit her, and we'd come home, and you almost didn't want to wash your things, because it like smells like her house. Poor grandma's like, well, what does it smell like? When we told her that, she's like, oh dear. We're like, no, it's good. And it's like some mixture of like wood smoke, because they heated with wood for years and years. It's like wood smoke, and years of pickling, like... There's this like tang to it because it's like in the wood from pickling. And then it's like the lotion stuff she uses that must be a youth serum or something because she's 90 and she looks amazing. I will take those jeans. Thank you so much. But I mean, it's like it's the mixture of, of her house. And when we're at her house, we smell like her. You will smell like the house 
You're in. Amen. Be in his house. Amen. That we could be the fragrance of Christ. You smell like where you spend the most time. When I give time for encounter with the Holy Spirit, I smell like him. And here's the thing, sometimes you don't realize. Have you ever had a perfume or something and you can't really even smell it anymore because you're just so used to it? Just so used to the smell. It's like you don't even smell it. Sometimes it's like that with the Holy Spirit. We walk around going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I mean, I don't see, nothing's really happening. I don't, what, you're just used to it. We could go deeper, get more aroma. But you need to recognize you are walking around smelling really good. And that that only happens when we spend time in encounter with him. Another place we see this is with Moses in Exodus 34 when he goes up to the mountain, he gets the tablets, and he spends 40 days with God and, and he comes down and he doesn't realize his face is shining. His face is shining and everybody can see he's been with God. But it fades over time. And he didn't have what we have. He didn't have all access all the time to be able to be in his presence. He could only go when he was invited. <laughs> but we can have shining faces all the time. Another picture we see, a lot of the things that are in the Old Testament, the traditions, the, the um, feasts, the uh, practices were a shadow. They were a, a natural thing that were meant now for us to, to walk out in the supernatural. And so we see in the Old Testament that there were priests whose job it was to minister to God and to connect and allow people to connect with who God is. To minister to God and then minister to people. That was the role of the priests, to uh, make a space for people and God to meet. That is our role. Scripture says we are priests. You are a priest. And your role is to have a meeting place with God and then to provide a place of meeting. That's what it means to be sent, really, is I'm going to provide a place of encounter for another person out of my encounter. And these priests had a smell. They had an aroma because they spent time in the presence of the Lord. There was a, an incense mixture that was only allowed to be used in the, the holy place. And it just, it filled the space. They burned it twice a day. And it filled the space and it filled their garments and their hair and their beard. Not only that, there was an anointing. When they became a priest, they were anointed to be a priest and they were smeared with oil and it was fragrant. That is you. That is that when we, when we step into being filled with the Holy Spirit, this aroma of his presence comes on us. And it should be obvious when we walk in the room. My encouragement to you is, first of all, to know that you smell 
already. And that just because you might be sort of used to it doesn't mean that the fragrance of the Holy Spirit isn't on you. We just had an encounter. Oh, Lord. We just had an encounter with um, a, checkout, a guy at a checkout at Noodles and Company. And I walked away from that recognizing we didn't say like, hey, can we pray for you? Is your wrist hurt? Or None of that. But there was something about that encounter I could tell it impacted him. Because there was like a joy on us. There was, there was just something, a peace, an ease, whatever. He said, you're, you're my favorite kind of customer. And, you know, right now you're like, did you close the deal? No, I just smelled in front of him. <laughs> but there's a place where, yeah, it does open the door then. With my husband. My husband and I smelled in front of him. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you, honey. That was part of the smell, by the way, is the interaction between my husband and I in front of this guy, this probably 17, 18, whatever. There's a way that believers smell together when they act together in unity So my encouragement to you is to get saturated in the presence, in the fragrance of his presence. My encouragement to you is to recognize that you smell like victory. You smell like victory. There are things that you have victory over, that it's it's an aroma to others that go, how is that possible that you smell like this and not like that? That it comes from being in the presence. I want us to take seriously our role as priests. We are a kingdom of priests who are meant to minister to the Lord and to create places of encounter for others. That's the role of priests. Don't light your incense once a week. Light your incense twice a day. (laughs) Come into that space in his presence. Allow him to encounter you. Be reminded of who you belong to, how loved you are. Get equipped with the things that you need and then go outward from that, carrying that aroma with you. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand? Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that everything that you ask us to do comes through us encountering you. Would you forgive us for the times when we try to walk apart from that, when we try to do this stuff or be sent? God, we acknowledge that We can even be equipped and be sent and not smell like you. And we don't want that. We don't want to name the name of Christ and not carry the fragrance of Christ. So God, we ask that you would anoint us with your presence. That is, we give time and space to encounter with you 
you would increase the fragrance of your presence on our lives? Would you help us not make an easy shot hard and make doing stuff for you so difficult (laughs) and instead that we would settle into the rest of knowing that we carry the very fragrance of Christ? God, we ask that we would be aware of when people are noticing the fragrance and that we would be able to boldly testify to you. In scripture, it says people will ask the reason for the hope that you have. Another way of saying it is they're going to ask why we smell like this. We ask, God, that you'd make us bold. And we thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being so available to us and for meeting us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.